The Center for Medical Simulation presents Welcome to Sim Fails and other conversations from the Sim Sofa. You are here with Marcus Rall from sunny Germany. Kirsty Freeman from Getting Pretty Dark here at this hour, Australia. And Janice Palaganis, who just bought a new couch in Boston, USA. Oh, oh. can we sit on the couch and have a conversation? <laughs> you just don't realize you are on the couch with me. Such a pity I that we can't we... see a movie on the podcast. <laughs> no wine or coffee on the couch, people. We do not want to stain your new sofa. Oh, it's supposed to be stain free, but who knows, right? You guys, you know, I wanted to share with you a failure which we regularly experience, which I experienced myself several times and repeatedly, and I see it happening to many of us. So I, I'm really keen to uh, What's tell you that, story. Marcus. Yeah, intriguing. tell the story and hear your comments and suggestions to prevent it. So the, the thing is, in the debriefing, when you are doing good debriefings and, and, you know, it's all fruitful, psychological safety, everything is well, and then the participant is telling you a kind of take-home message, something they would like to do in the future. Like, okay, I realized how important effective communication is, so I will really try to communicate better in the future. So and then you are tempted to think, oh yeah, that's great. Now they really learned a lot and it's important and this will be good for patient safety and the team. But then of course you realize the idea of communicating better in the future is too big. You know, how could you communicate better? It, so it's, it's often too broad, too big, so that I doubt that people are really able to communicate better. In order to be effective, the take-home message should be more precise, more concrete, action-based, like in this and this situation, I will communicate better in this or that way. Then I would believe that they would be able to really do it. And because it's so nice and, you know, from the context it's working, we are tempted to be satisfied with the too big take-home message, which which will probably not change patient safety. What do you mean? You remember these things? Yeah, and I think this is a problem that many of us have when we try to, you know, do that that final phase of our debrief, and we think, right, I'm going to be really learner-centric about this. I'm not going to give them the takeaway message. I'm going to hear it from them. So we feel like we're doing the right thing by throwing to the learner to give us that take-home message. And I think that's why we're tempted to just accept that broad response because yeah. I invited them to. But and, do know, I therefore have a so responsibility to, div, to dig deeper and say, yeah, can you tell me more about that, which is now going to blow my whole <laughs> end of my debrief out as I'm in the summary phase. But do you yeah. think that might be why that's it comes about, Marcus? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and as, as you just said, you know, we have perhaps other topics to talk about as well on our list. And then 
we, we sometimes are happy and think, okay, we, we, we kind of settled That's that with exactly. the communication and yeah. I have two other interesting topics on it. And so we, we are failing to go deeper and be happy with the superficial uh, general uh, take home message, which, which wouldn't work. Yeah. That's so interesting because I'm I'm thinking like the f- the failure is taking what someone says as as a uh, blanket statement of the objectives you were trying to cover. Yet I'm realizing um, that when I do have this failure, it's completely intentional for that very reason that I don't want to open a can of worms when I'm trying to end either a topic or the entire conversation. Um, So yeah, there are times when I'll just definitely, like I know I should ask, well, okay, what does that look like? But I don't because of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what can we do about it? How can we prevent being tempted by superficial or too big learning messages? Once again, we know that everyone's bugbear is always the amount of time we can dedicate to this. And as you said, you've consciously moved into that summary phase of the debrief and you've made that decision to throw it out to the learner. I think what I can do better is if, if I do hear that, um, that take-home message that I think is too broad, that I think I have a responsibility to them to get them to give me to give yeah. me more, and I, I don't. I suppose I don't have to make that take too long, do I? I can really keep that short and succinct by just asking, "What would that look like?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or you just asking, you know, um, give me one way that that would look like. Yeah, or what I do if I make it right, you know, we we go like, okay, so when in what situation would you try to communicate better? And how would you recognize this situation as this would be a situation to communicate better? And then, as you said, and then the next step would be, and so how would you improve your communication or how would you make it more effectively? What would you do exactly? (laughs) Well, I always think that debriefing is like a self-negotiation process of time. And yeah. I feel like if you were to ask those, you know, three follow-up questions, you're now really cutting into your debriefing, but maybe it's worthy of, yeah. of the time. Sometimes mm. I, I would like to hear what do you think we, we also, you know, uh, refer to other participants in the debriefing and ask others, so how are you making your communication more effectively? Or uh, can you tell me examples where you saw your communication was very effective and what did you do there and when, you know, to kind of move away a little bit from the hot seat to give yeah. them time to think and... Uh, or or you could say, uh, um, I'll come back to you, but I'd love to hear how, you know, one thing you would do to make your communication better and then yeah. move so, it's also to, nice so as to, to save time. Not the embarrass thing, them. <laughs> or the other thing is to save it to the end, you know, put it in the parking lot and say, I'm just going to, I think it'd be a great time to think about some tangible actions that we can do to effectively communicate yeah. better or effectively communicate. And yeah. if we have time, let's get to it at the end. That yeah. might be yeah. good. Sometimes I think, especially the question of how do you realize to, use this behavior you know when would you do it 
and how do you realize that is often a problem for applying CRM behavior, like communication, critical thinking, reevaluating, you know, doing a 10 for 10, this 10 second for 10 minutes stop, team timeout. A lot of people are convinced and say, yeah, that's a good idea. But then they report, you know what? I often forget to do it. <laughs> I would like mm -hmm. to do it, but I, I don't have the trigger points of, you know, when do you really apply this? When do you now use it? How do you, you realize this. now it would be a good idea? <laughs> so would it be a bad thing? Is it, is it a failure? Because what if, what if after the debriefing, because you only have so much time in the debriefing. Yeah. And it essentially is a takeaway, meaning you're now summarizing. Can't you just move it to email or other platforms? To email? Yeah. Or something offline. Um, because you don't because you don't have a lot of time in the debriefing. And if you had this great conversation and that's their major takeaway, is it so bad to just let it end, just let it go. And then as they're leaving, say, and I'll be emailing you because I'd like to hear goals, action goals or action items. For the whole group, you mean, or for an individual participant? The whole group. Yeah, kind of like a chat or a I mean, this concept, block. yeah, concept of keeping a relationship and continuing in the education. Like why does, we always tend to, think that the education just kind of stops at the end of their time with us but yeah. why would I it be you, so bad I think you bring up a great point you know if we look at the the simulation cycle that we see uh, mentioned in journals and stuff we know that none of this ends at the debrief mm -hmm. there continues to be a That's reflective right. phase both for us as the facilitators and our learners and I think you know when we invite that question about uh, you know, take-home messages, summary component, we're inviting them to continuously think about how they may apply the learnings from this isolated activity into other aspects of the care. So it's a part of a continuum of learning. So I think it's really interesting that people look at opportunities, not just to be constrained by a debrief hmm. time, but how can we continue together to reflect um, and that may not be a luxury that people have in some of the contexts that they work, but I'm sure we can, you know, whether it be a chat via Twitter or whether it be an email communication or whether we catch up over lunch. Um, I think it's, it's for some of us an opportunity where we can continue this interesting yeah. dialogue I, um, and come back to people. I think that's a really great idea and it's not so difficult today. You know, you could create a block for your trainings and perhaps even start the block before the training, kind of welcoming people and, and tell them what's going to happen. And then after the training, you say, hey, here's the block. Please continue to enter good idea sorts. Uh, and perhaps also to make your take-home messages more precise. You know, give examples of what mm -hmm. are you doing? What could people see what you do different after this training or to improve what you wanted to improve? That's a great idea. Well, the other idea is, you know, the, the thing you would worry about is the burden on the educator because now you've got to check back and <laughs> we are only allotted the time for That's the debriefing right. and anything beyond would probably be extra time on our own. 
Um, but some, you know, from my accreditation site visits, I've seen some really excellent centers that involve their librarians who then will send out articles at the end, you know, that you just touch base with the librarian. This is what we talked about in the debriefing. Can you find an article on this? And then that person sends it out. So it takes the responsibility off the educator in that way. What do we call the opposite of a flipped classroom? Yeah. Like normally with a flipped classroom, we you know, we we give our learners some some resources like that before they come in. You know, what do we call the opposite where we can give them some stuff, as you say, tap into resources like librarians, etc. Um, I think the students that. would call that happy. Do you notice students <laughs> hate the word flipped classroom? It's like they just think you're just trying to give them more work. Yeah. So but I think that was a really great uh the only other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about, um, you know, your learner presenting you with too broad a, a takeaway, yeah. the, the other strategy that, that debriefers could often use is paraphrasing. So often you'll find that if that came up as a take home during that summary phase, it was probably discussed in some sort of depth. Uh, during the actual debrief and so you know that might be something that I could probably try and do um, is try and paraphrase some of the things they might have said earlier in the debrief about that might have been more oh, yeah. specific um, and uh, and bring that in if they gave me a broad takeaway. Uh -huh. Yeah that's a nice idea. Yeah. Thank you Marcus this is such a great topic and I hope that our listeners will share with us their strategies um, and put hashtag simfail so others can learn from you yeah, too. Yeah, thank you very much. It's always embarrassing to realize that you made such fails. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really, this is one which happens to us every week somewhere. <laughs> so. Well, thank you for sharing with us your failures that become our puzzles to put back together. Sim Fails and Other Conversations from the Simulation Sofa. It's brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more at harvardmedsim.org.